remember Russian um, Winnie the Pooh? Oh yeah, and it came up on that um, on that not Jackbox game. That's right. We tracked him down. The Russian Winnie the Pooh episodes. And <laughs> didn't we all like supply subtitles that were basically like pool of the honey and then divided equally amongst the proletariat? <laughs> it was essentially that. Yeah. yeah, it's such a strange version of Winnie the Pooh, honestly. Like, it looks so... It's not like Winnie the Pooh was something that you had to, like, use your imagination to imagine what he might look like, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, there was a pretty clear idea of what it should look like. Yeah. And yet, you got this weird, dark brown pillow of a bear. They had um, the same... I mean, the books were even illustrated. Like, there really is... None of the characters look remotely like any of the characters <laughs> that they like. Maybe that was, like, for copyright reasons. Like, the only force Russia truly fears is Disney. And hi there, and welcome to What Are We Watch This, the podcast where three friends watch a bad movie, have a themed cocktail, talk about what they liked, what they didn't like, and how they would fix it. I'm Brendan Drischler. I'm Chris Ravel. And I'm Leah Delahanty. And I'm doing my British accent for this episode. Ripping. It's me, but I'm British. I can be as British as I need oh, to be. Darling, can you bring the lorry around? Because for this episode, we're not really talking about a bad movie. We're just talking about a movie we want to watch. That's right. It's our third episode, I think, in the miniseries of Why Don't We Watch This, where we watch The Lady Eve. But before we talk about The Lady Eve, we should talk a little bit about the movie that we'll be doing two weeks from now. That movie is the 2018 action thriller film, The Commuter, directed by, not to say his name right, Jean, Jean, (laughs) Colette Serra, I don't know, I don't know if it's French. Colette Serra! Yeah, people love it when you do that. Um, (laughs) It might be French, uh, Spanish-American apparently, okay. Uh, Starring Liam Neeson, Vera Farmiga, Patrick Wilson, Jonathan Banks, and Sam Neill, and it's about a train. I sort of feel like the subtitle should just be... Another Liam Neeson movie. It is another Liam Neeson movie. Well, but just because, like, it's, it is, and just from the trailer and the title alone, it does feel like it, it understands the pedigree of the Liam Neeson films that came before it. Because is this another international? Are yeah, we all going it might be. Blind? So let's make a pact now. If this turns out to be good, we'll <laughs> never ever do another movie that we haven't seen before. If it turns out to be good? If it turns out to be, like, like entertainingly good and, like, we sit there watching, like, boy, this was this was a mess. Why do we ever think of talking about this movie? Okay. Then we'll, like, swear to never, ever, ever But the international was not that. The international was okay, I thought. It was okay, but I didn't... I, wasn't I just didn't think the international was, like, that bad. You know, yeah. like, it was... It, I think part of it was, it wasn't what we thought it was, so I think there was some, like... All right, there's a... I think it would be data clock. If the commuter yeah. is really good yeah. and you like it, yeah. or if it's if it's boring the thing to talk about, yeah. which is what I felt about the international, then we will never go in blind ever again. Yes. <laughs> I know we've said it before, but we're saying it for the last time. Never again. <laughs> Never again. The commuter is our last shot to do yes. this. But I, um, I, I took a little turn around the reviews just to see what we might be getting into. And from what I can see, I don't think this is going to set our world on fire with its quality, but it, it does seem as if it'll at least be entertaining. Hopefully. That's good. Thought of Liam Neeson on the commuter rail? I don't know. That tickles me. It's, it's, it's not an actual commuter rail, is no, it? No, it's not. It's okay. in New York. It's but I, is, Long Island, but Long Island. I, I think the idea is supposed to be like, he's just a commuter. He's, he's, he's just commuter. like you. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. It's just like a regular North and West scenario for yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And to enjoy the commuter, we will, of course, have a theme cocktail while we watch it. And the theme cocktail we will be having while we watch it is called the 733 from Terrytown. And that is going to be made of four ounces of strong coffee. 
one and a half ounces of whiskey, one ounce of heavy cream, one tisp of simple syrup, and some Irish whipped cream, which is going to be whipping cream, sugar, and Irish cream liqueur that I'm going to try and make. And Ooh. you basically just mix everything together, uh, drink it cold, and put some whipped cream on top if you're feeling it. That's it. I think we might be feeling that whipped cream. It's simple. Irish Irish coffee. As as you would drink if you were an Irishman going to work in the Exactly. That's what I'm sure he has in his coffee cup as he takes the commuter rail. The commuter yeah. rail. Commuter. It's, um, by, by my count, also the second train thriller that Vera Farmiga has taken part in. I guess. You're counting source code, I assume. Yeah. I don't know if that's a thriller. That's more of a sci-fi. True. There are thriller elements. There's thriller elements to everything. That's true. Anyhow. Life is thrilling. Yes, it is thrilling. Nothing's been more thrilling than us not being able to go outside. Uh, so, having covered all that crap, let's break into small groups and discuss The Lady Eve, which was the movie we watched today. Uh, the Lady Eve, ostensibly, I guess, was my choice for a movie we should watch because I like screwball comedies, and I've never seen this before. Lee, well, you have. I put on the list. You put on the list. I've been meaning to see it for a long time yeah. anyway, and it was my turn to choose, so I said Lady Eve. Or rather, I think you said it, and I said, yeah, that sounds good. I, I, I had never seen it either, and I was very excited to. I really enjoy Barbara Stanwyck, and I like screwball comedies. Right. It's a 1941 screwball comedy directed by Preston Sturgis. It ran, written by him, too. One with of the greats. Barbara Stanwyck, one of the greats, and Henry Fonda. It's basically a, uh, she is sort of a grifter with a grifter daddy and a grifter buddy, and they meet Henry Fonda aboard a boat where they find out that he is rich, and he's traveling back to America from South America, and they endeavor to, you know, cheat him at cards, basically cheat him out of thousands of dollars of cards, but he falls in love with Barbara Stanwyck, he wants to propose to her, but then he finds out that she is actually... Well, she falls in love with him, she wants to, like, stop... Yeah, she wants to, like, end the con, and and just get with him. him. But then, unfortunately, uh, Henry Fonda's uh, Man Friday finds out that she is secretly a con artist, and when confronted with this proof, Henry Fonda's like, nope, I'm done with you, engagement is never going to happen, I'm going back to my house in Connecticut. When she gets to Connecticut, she finds out, or I don't know, maybe she's in New York, I don't really know. Yeah, but she gets there. Track. Yeah, and she finds another grifter friend of her and her dad's who is basically pulling a long con on like all these rich people in Connecticut by playing cards. He's sort of just like, it's just sort of or like, just uh, like grazing. In, okay. It's the equivalent of grazing. He's just like, he's got a house or whatever, and he's right. able to just like continually win at cards by okay. like being relatively lucky, but not that lucky. Yeah. Okay, so she finds out that, like, oh, Henry Fonda's one of the people who lives around this area. Like, why don't we have an occasion to meet him? So she does, and she pretends to be a woman who is not the woman he met on the boat. Just like her. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and then... Just like her. And this is, I think, perhaps the biggest leap of logic you must make in this movie, is that Henry Fonda... One person questions Henry Fonda Fonda explicitly says something like, but if she were trying to dupe me by pretending to be someone else, she would disguise herself. Since she is not disguising herself, ergo, she is not the same person. The words he says at one point is, I wouldn't... What was it? I... I wouldn't believe that she was the same person if she didn't look exactly like her. <laughs> and I was like, Henry Fonda, get your fucking act together. Um, but then, yeah, like her, um, Curly, the like other grifter friend, uh, supplies without her asking a very elaborate cover story. <laughs> that is also ridiculous. Yep, that's equally ridiculous that implies the possibility 
that they have the same father, perhaps. Yeah, that, who was like not a not the actual like, right, not, not her like husband. legit father. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she is illegitimate, but he swears Henry from the secrecy anyway. They fall in love. They get married very quickly again, as you do. And then on a train, she keeps rattling off the list of men that she had slept with. And Henry Fonda's like, well, I can't put up with this. So he gets off the train. They're going to have a divorce. She just wants him to come to her and tell her that he wants to be divorced. He doesn't want to do it. He says he's leaving. And we find out that he's going back on the same boat they met on originally. And who should be on that boat but Barbara Stanwyck again? And she's like, look, it's me, the lady from the boat the first time. He's like, oh, I'm so glad to see you. It's so nice to see you again. You'll never believe what I've been through. I'm like, and I love you so much this time. It's like as they go off into her bedroom to have their... Their, uh, you know, stock footage of a train going through the tunnel. He's like, but I have to tell you something. I'm married. And she's like, guess what? I'm married too. And the door closes. Oh, and then wow. his manservant like sneaks out and is like, I swear they're the same woman. Yep. And fade out. The end. It's a good movie, guys. It's great. It's a screwball comedy. Guys, we like screwball comedies. What are some other screwball comedies you liked? I, I, I feel like I've been uh, kind of given an informal screwball comedy education from you two. You're welcome. There are, like, different types of screwball comedies, though. For real, though. If I can yeah. real for a second. You can. Where they're like, Please. Uh, this one's funny. Yeah. It's not that romantic. No, it's Bring not. Bringing up Baby's very funny. It's not very romantic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mm-hmm. It Happened One Night, very romantic. It, do you consider It Happened One Night to be a screwball comedy? I do, I almost because don't. there's just a lot of antics. It there's is. A lot of mistaken identity. It Happened One Night almost just feels more like classic rom-com than screwball to me. I guess. I can see I where you're I coming from because it. it's got a lot of, like, you know, it's got heiresses and, like, all, like, the trappings yeah. of a screwball comedy. But to me, it's not quite a screwball. There's one, this is where I'm going to have to scratch a blue name. I forget what it's called. It has, um, see, it's all gone. My name, my memory is so fucked, but it's not the Press and Service movie, uh, where, like, a guy throws a, f- it's another, like, I think it might be the same guy as Mr. Pike in this movie. Mm-hmm. Sort of, like, oh, 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 My Man Godfrey? Is that what you're, you're not thinking? I'm not thinking of My Man Godfrey, but there's another movie where, like, another sort of, like, grumpy old billionaire who's nice, nice rich guy. Like throws a fur coat out a window and it lands. Gene Arthur is the actor. Oh fuck me! I know. Is is I want to say marvelous Miss Maisel, but it's obviously not marvelous Miss Maisel. <laughs> but there's a scene in an automat. You know this movie. Yeah, I do. I do know what you mean. But yeah, basically, like it's the screwball comedy where like this woman gets thrown a fur coat because this guy's pissed off at his wife right. buying fur coats. Right. And so like nobody that she works with believes that she got the fur coat in the way that she did, and so they think that she what? must have a sugar daddy, and so they fire her from her job. What was the actress's name? Gene Arthur. And uh, she then, like, goes to an automat where also this rich guy's son happens to be there because he's rebelling against his rich dad. And then they kind of... They, she Everyone, because now she somehow is thought to be by everyone, this sugar daddy of this, like, rich billionaire, she gets, like, a suite at the hotel because the hotel's desperate for, like, good press. <laughs> they're like, we'll give it to the mistress of this rich guy because, like, she'll give us good press. Uh, and so she ends up not having to pay for this really expensive room, and she reminds it like unknowingly the son of this rich guy. And so there's just like crazy scandals being created. Definitely a triple comedy, but pretty romantic and good. Easy living. Easy living. Ah. Uh-huh. Can you also look up? Uh, I don't want you to rattle up. I'll look up Gene Arthur movies. There's another one that really isn't a triple comedy at all. But Have you seen the awful truth. Yes. You consider that? Yes. Yeah, I do. Too. Yeah, I do. I like the awful um, Not the recent one. Huh? No. Not the one with Catherine Heigl. <laughs> oh, God. Christ. No. I was like, that movie is terrible. The Awful Truth is... Yeah, I... I it's uh, Cary Grant and... Is it Irene Dunn? Yes, Irene. it's Irene Dunn. That's why I needed to clarify because I was like, there's no way that that's happening. No, that is right not now. considered to be one of the great Latter-day Scribble comedies. Uh, there's a really great movie with Gene Arthur and Cary Grant and Third Man, who's also very hot. Third Man, who's also very hot. Yeah, and he... Cary Grant is it like, sort of, like... 
anarchist. Interesting. And third man that's really hot is a potential uh, Supreme Court judge. Talk of the town. Talk of the town. Thank you. Third Help man, I believe, is Ronald Coleman. Ooh, Ronald I don't Coleman. No, if I know who that is, he's a hottie. Okay. Anyway, we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought it would be a good jumping off point for screwball comedies in general, just because you can always show them some love. Yeah. No, you should always show them some love. You should watch Easy Living. You should watch His Girl uh, Friday. How did I forget His Girl Friday? Okay. His Girl Friday has some very heavy stuff going on for what is ostensibly like a screwball comedy. Like the story that they're talking about in His Girl Friday involves like a black person who was shot by a police officer or something. Oh, really? Which is like prescient. Yeah. Or, or was it prescient so much as something we just never stopped doing? Right, exactly. Um, <laughs> but um, it, it's like, like the rest of it's just all this, you know, it's this loopy, fast talking banter between these two people who are in love with each other. But then, like, there is a very like serious story happening. Yeah, but then, like, you realize that all this is going on in the background. Yeah, but they don't care. Right, no, it doesn't really matter. So the two it's. Two people, uh, yeah, they're in the, yeah they, all they care about is the story. Right, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting to watch it with a modern lens. But in that way, that it, he's kind of, it, it is kind of like, so that one and um, my, the. What is the one with um, John Barrymore? 20th century? The 20th century. Yeah. They're both pretty, like, dark and satirical. Where, like, they don't... They're not saying that you should aspire to be like these people. <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, he's... John Barrymore is, like, a real, like, a Spengali skis. Yeah, but she's century. also a pretty, like, shy. Yeah, she... Yeah, yeah, she is. And the two reporters in His Girl Friday are also... Very, they don't really care about... They're not, like, the... They're, they're not, not, like, Clark yeah. Gable in Inhabitable yeah. They're not, like, virtuous reporters. No, I mean, it's kind of one of those things where, like, oh, you're made for each other, aren't you, at the end yeah, of the movie? Yeah, they're like, two like, water seeks its own level. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh, and, of course, uh, Palm Beach Story. The uh, most improbable of all romantic comedies I with an ending that defies explanation. Oh my god, I forgot about that an one. ending that relates to the opening in a way you will never see happening and will still not understand by the time the movie is over. Palm Beach? Story. Palm Beach story. Starring Claudette Colbert and Joel McRae. Yeah. It is... And Mary Astor. Yes. So that's a screwball comedy. So watch them. Why not? Yeah, they're good. They're good movies. Yeah. Did you ever see Mr. and Mrs. Smith, the Hitchcock movie? Yeah. That's a strange little movie too. Not like not like Palm Beach Story weird strange, but just like it's a departure. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. No. I mean, it's like it's only a straight up comedy. Yeah. Comedy. But that was so that one and the awful truth like get classed and maybe a couple others that are less popular. Comedy and, of remarriage. Yeah. yeah. Comedy of remarriage. Which, like a sub a sub genre. Yeah. Like like a genre film that will never exist ever again because now you can fuck each other without having to get married first. Yep. <laughs> Sure well, can. Hitchcock later claimed that he directed the film The Only Pure Comedy He Ever Made in America as a favorite of Lombard. The files at RKO Radio Pictures show that Hitchcock himself pursued the project. Well, fun facts. Too proud to have been wanted to do a fucking comedy. Yeah, right. Hitchcock. Although it's weird that the note is so specific, The Only Pure Comedy He Made in America, which seems to suggest... Well, he had a lengthy career in Britain before he came to America. Right, so I mean, like, does that mean he was more diverse than no, stuff he did he, over he, in he was like a, you know, a director for hire back in his early days. You don't start out being Hitchcock, dear boy. <laughs> <laughs> he had a really good, like... I just imagine, no, no, I'm like, an ultrasound a la Alfred Hitchcock presents where they're, like, putting it, like, you know, like, getting a read over her stomach, you just see the silhouette of Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. That's cute. All right. We gotta, we gotta remember these names and stick them on the list. Oh man, there's too many. Yeah. Just, just at some point, you should just educate yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Take this into your own hands. Oh, wow. But no, they're like there's they're not all like equally great as well. But yeah. there, I I have a lot of fun memories of all these movies. This is my this is like my realm. Yep. This era. Mm, yeah. Good it's times. So this is your shit. Yeah. Put the lady Eve. I loved it. 
Yeah, I enjoyed it. I really had a good time. Um, it was probably... Like, it was ridiculous in a way that bringing up baby was also ridiculous, but it was a little more ridiculous. Than yeah, the I gotta tell times. you, I thought that snake would matter more. I thought the snake was gonna be, like, baby, in the sense that, like, the snake would somehow I, set off this entire plot in some I had, a, I had a thing in my head where I was wondering, like, oh, maybe that was, people were just like, ooh, let's just try throwing in, you know, wild animals into this situation just like so in bringing up baby. Um, this, yeah, the snake doesn't have much to do with it. There's just different snakes, just like a different snake later on. Yeah, I, I just thought the, the one from the beginning, just... that, that charming cartoon from yeah. the opening credits, would have more to do in this movie. No, I think that was just a thing that they did back then. Just yeah. like, you know... I think it was also that's... meant to, like, tie in with the whole... Because, I mean, like, there's a bite taken well, yeah. the apple, and it's called Lady Eve, and there's a snake in the garden. Oh my god, I just got that. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that's, that's yeah. in there, too. But, I mean, they're, they're just, like, like, doing weird graphics. I'm pretty sure there's, like... Other movies that like there's that one where David Niven like is the get someone gets a baby. He works at a she works at a clerk. They've made this movie like three times. But okay, like, the original one I think is David Niven and like probably um, Fred Astaire's dance partner Ginger Ginger Rogers and like she gets a hold of a baby that's not hers. But like David Niven thinks that she has like a sort of illegitimate baby and he feels sort of bad for her and it's like a rom com. Yeah, yeah. But I'm pretty sure that the beginning of that had some goofy baby graphics for no reason. Sure. Like, the animation was like. You know, not cheap, but they did it back then, right? It's yeah. probably impressive, right? It's just fun. It sets the tone. Yeah. It's delightful. Yeah. It's off kilter. It's um, charming. Like the opening to Honey, I Shrunk the Kids or True Beverly Hills. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's interesting that I feel like I have the same amount of, like, not that much to say about the movie that I did about, like, The Russians Are Coming, but I enjoyed both as, like, really funny, lighthearted it, like little romps to watch. Um, I I think the ridiculousness would probably feel less charming if everyone in it wasn't so like good and committed to what they were doing. Yeah, I mean Barbara Stanwyck is like pretty legendary. Yeah, she's good. And she like you know you had to get someone you know you had to get someone good to carry like because she is the strength of this movie. Yeah. And, like, it is in classic screwball tradition, like, she's the one that holds the cards and is in control for, like, most of the story. How many other comedies did Henry Fonda do? Well, uh, the two of them, I believe, are also the co-stars in The Madness Phantom, which I think you watched with me once. Yeah, that's the one I was trying to think of when I sang Marvelous Miss Maisel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, close. Yeah, it is. Which Um, was not nearly as popular, but I have loved the Madness Fantasy. No, I enjoyed that. Um, I don't think I remembered that either of them were in it, though. It's been a while since I've Henry Fonda definitely is, and I think it is Barbara Stanwyck. You could very well be right. I like. I remember the characters, I just don't remember who played them at all. It's kind of an, not like an inversion, because, well, it sort of is, because, like, they're both still pretty, like, on par with each other, but, like, she's a bit more dizzy in that movie, and he's a bit more sleazy. Mm. I will say that was something I kind of appreciated that was done differently in this screwball comedy, where it's like, She's not very dizzy in this movie. No, but not they're, all of them. Yeah, 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 that's not like a prerequisite for women. Sometimes they're dizzy dames, and sometimes they're just very clever. Like it, like Russell and Russell is also like in in His Girl Friday. They're both equally fucking. Yeah, and I mean, and backstabbing, yeah. Machiavellian assholes. I was thinking like the awful truth again. Where yeah. Irene Dunn is like a very competent woman, so it's it's not. I, I almost want to say I feel like more often than not they are very competent people. They're not like the sort of blustering balls of id that Catherine Hepburn was in Bringing Up Baby. Yeah. The the Bachelor Mother is the movie I was thinking of, by the way. You know what, what an interesting title. You've definitely seen 
maybe you, you you might have like heard of it. It does a different night because they've made it like they've made a musical of it at one point. What was it's it like, called? Maybe it's called the same thing. Okay. But it had it was it was one of those like sort of MGM fifties like musicals of like. I will look into that actually because I don't know. It. Yeah, Bachelor Mother's the origin, but they've made it I think at least two times since then. Uh, the Madness Manton, yes, is Barbara Stanwyck, and and that was like, that's like a murder mystery, and she, but she has, she's rich, and she sort of stumbles on this dead body, and she has this like gaggle of other rich friends that like she gets to investigate the murder with her for some reason, but she's mm-hmm. interested in it, and he's playing like a sort of like not sleazy reporter, but like conniving reporter that's trying to get in on the story with her, and also like has like sort of a spark with her, um, but they're like kind of like at odds with each other because they both want to get to the story first. It's a good movie. It is. There is a lot of casual um, jokes about violence towards women. Yes. As there, as there, want. As there, yeah, as there are in these movies. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was also picking up on like Muggsy's like crazy slang in this, uh, and I, I I I do kind of love how he refers to a woman as a rib. In, yeah. in this movie, like it's terrible, but it's also well. Kind the of funny. thing, the thing that she called that someone else calls him, I was like so sure that was some kind of racial slur. Oh, uh, gink, gink, yeah, gink, g i n k. Yeah, sounds so bad. It sounds horrible. <laughs> it sounds like a, something you should not say. Yeah, I felt bad saying it. Like, should I do this? I know, but apparently it's just a word. Like a foolish fool. person. Yeah, but or yeah, Polak, it sounded horrible. <laughs> One thing that I feel. Um, I know this is, like, nothing new to say, but it's something that I keep thinking about every time I watch older movies or Nancy Myers films, um, where just just thinking about how, how, how like, the, the way you write a screenplay has changed throughout the decades, right? Where, for better or for worse now, there is this structure that you have to follow. We've talked about, like, three-act structure, eight-point structure, whatever you want to do, right? Yeah. There is, like, this structure that you're kind of hitting, so that when you are watching a movie... When you're watching most movies that are made in a modern day, you can sort of tell where you are in the story just by where it feels like things are. Mm -hmm. And it's not always the case, but a lot of times it's the case. And for something like this, it's sort of interesting that, like, them getting off the boat happens, like, about halfway through the movie. Mm -hmm. And so it's like there's an entire other spin that's still happening to this movie that has not yet, like you know, spun its web yet. You know what I mean? Like, it's also, I also feel like if you were sort of throwing this premise out, you could probably get enough mileage from just the idea that it's a guy trapped on a cruise ship and there is a woman who's trying to con him and she falls in love with him. Yeah. And because, like, the scene where, um, right after he finds out, like, what her deal really is and he's sitting at the bar and she comes up to him and then he, like, shows the picture she starts crying. It's, like, one of those things where it's, like, this could be the end of Act 2 of another movie at this point, but, like, not in this movie. Like, this is just simply, like, not how we did things back in the day. Well, I mean, it it almost... I, I, I'm going to say it feels like Bollywood. It does feel like Bollywood, but I'm sure what it comes from is like theater. I was thinking the same thing, right? Like act two, two. Yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. So yeah, like Act two, two starts and then something else wild has happened. Yeah. But I think that people are still doing that sometimes these days too. Like I think that a lot of Bollywood movies, older and some and some newer too, like have that sort of hard to at like it ends and then there's like a new like, like a, an entirely new it's story. It's a very starts. different yeah. turn. Yeah. yeah. Famously, there's a movie called Fanai, I think, which means like destroyed. And like I remember being having Whiplash because the first movie was like this like guy giving someone a sensual tour of India because she's blind so he's giving her sort of like a hearing sense like touch based tour or whatever and then she thinks in the end of Act 2 right at the end of Act 1 right when she's getting her eyes surgery to get her eyes fixed that like he's been killed in a terrorist attack uh no 
he he put the bomb off. He was the bomber. Oh, great. Some sort of, like, freedom fighter. And so this, in the act two, I think she has, like, a kid. She has his kid or something. And, like, now she can see, but she's never seen him before. Mm-hmm. She's never seen him. Right. And he shows up at her doorstep, like, bleeding from another operation because they live in the mountains or something. And, like, so, yeah, he knows who she is, obviously. Right. But it's, like, such the first half is, like, such a sort of lighthearted, like, sweet little romance. And then it's, like, this, like, tense, like, Hitchcockian romance thriller. It's very, it's a strange term, but, like, it's it's a similar structural break, I think, of, like... And I don't think it feels jarring at all, even though it's very different. Mm-hmm. I think it still plays off as, like, it's definitely one story. I mean, for me, it's not even that, like, it feels jarring when it happens in movies like that. It's just that, like, I end up floundering. Like, yeah. I, like, did you ever see Something's Gotta Give with Diane Keaton and Jack Nicholson? No, I really need to see it. I mean, you, it's not bad, right? Yeah. But, like, there is a point where after, like, the basic premise is that, like, Jack Nicholson sleeps with younger women, and it turns out he's sleeping with Diane Keaton's daughter. They don't know each other. But, like, yeah. they go, and she's at her beach house, which is supposed to be empty, and then he has a heart attack while having sex with her daughter. And so it's just, like, now he has to stay there and recuperate. Like, what will happen with these two? And it's, like, they go through the entire beats of, like, they gradually fall in love, and then Jack Nicholson's <laughs> like, well, I better now leaves. And, like, uh, and they just show, like, yeah. Diane Keaton, like, Crying basically for a long time and writing and like Rich and I were watching this. I was like, you have to stop the movie and tell me how much is left because I don't know where we are in this right. plot right now. Then it like goes on with like her writing a play and then she goes to Paris. I'm just like, what the hell's happening in this movie? I have I had a similar feeling. My mom really liked it. it's complicated, but when I saw it with her, I had the same feeling. Right? Oh, like, I mean, every Nancy Myers movie it, it, like Andrews, yeah, just from like a, of, like, a three act structure. It's like an eight act structure where it's just like like <laughs> micro acts. Right, things just keep happening. You're like, I guess we're gonna to wrap up at some point well, we're hitting two hours and a lot of these events are, like the build to them and the way they're resolved is leading you to believe you're witnessing a climate right that it'll sometimes. matter in some way but it never does no no but I mean I, it's like vignettes but yeah. there is an arc right there like, is an arc there's, there's like a character yeah. arc but not a plot arc but so much plot keeps spinning nonetheless <laughs> it's so weird and like oh, I don't yeah. hate it it's not that I think this is a bad thing it's just something that like it's it's confusing it's, for sure well, it's, yeah it's just like it's something strange to notice you know like for yeah. better or for worse we are trained to think of movies as following this sort of structure yeah I mean it, yeah it still plays out at least in Lady Eve like it's you know it's a decent enough arc. Like, it's kind of like a 50-50 of, like, she cons... Well, I guess she cons them both times, but it is kind of like a he gets to jilt her and then right. she gets and to have, like, her revenge arc. Like, yeah, then she... Where she gets to fuck him over right. again. Right. And then there's, like... I almost... I get... It's some of the parts of this movie, I'm sure that there's just, like, the sort of um, order of the day in the 1940s the cinema of, like, tight 90s. <laughs> I yeah. love those tight 90s. You gotta love those tight, tight but 90s. <laughs> I almost wish that we could, like, linger on some of these moments more. Like, I was, I hadn't seen it in a while. I remember, I know a lot of this movie um, because I've seen it a lot, but I, I forgot exactly, like, where we, how we got to the ending. Yeah, yeah. And I remember, like, when it ended, you know, a half hour we were watching it, and I was like, that's it. That's never a scene where she sits down and is like, I was fucking with you the whole I, I was time. Thinking, honestly, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, because we had paused it because you had to go get your food. Yeah. And I was thinking, I was like, there's like eight minutes left of this movie. How the hell are they going to wrap what it up? What is she going to tell The answer them? is like, not really. Yeah. <laughs> she just gets a bit of room and then it's like, And oh. we, we assume that she tells him, I yeah. guess, or something. You would think, and he doesn't even come back. When he comes back, he doesn't even really say like what he's been through to her. Right, no, you think, it, yeah, right, exactly. Like, or suspect something a little bit at that point, right? Like, I feel like when she shows up the second time, he'd start to be like, okay, yeah. wait a minute here. He's just so happy that this con woman that tried to, in his mind, and tried to con him as the air and is right like, and he's not even like mad at her at that point like he's just like 
he's just been run through the ringer so much by yeah. this other version of her. Yeah. It is a strange. We've strange talked about plot. the rom com con a lot. Yeah. And uh, that rom-com. is a weird one because like you know, you normally have to deal with that scene of like like how you coming confessing and then having right. to like Reckon. having that person have to come around to that and right. like and it's but like that's it. what I'm saying it's almost weird because she has that scene like 30 minutes into the movie <laughs> and the entire rest was like an epilogue where she's like now how do I make him come back around to me <laughs> but the yeah but like the thing is is that like you he never really comes around until the last 30 seconds yeah exactly like, so relieved right and when he shirts over her foot it's like oh, he stands this. up it's like he could go either way he could, he could be like what the hell are you doing here again or he could be like oh I'm so happy to see you and for whatever reason he chooses the latter yeah so. I was gonna say like that was one of my questions was he just like so bent out of shape about quote unquote Eve that this was just you know what she did she just gaslit him it's true. No, it's true. Just basically, just cast him into it's thinking. True. I guess it's weird too because I almost feel like if you were doing the story like, like this, like overboard. What yeah. you'd want the woman to do is like be so much of, you know, an awful person that whenever he sees the original woman, he's like, "Oh, I didn't know how good I had it with you." But I don't think but that she's was not her plan. No, it's not her plan. Her yeah. plan was just like to woo him and then mention that she's had sex many, many times. Well, I think, oh. I think so. I because she says that on the phone. She's like, "I didn't really, you know, I, I didn't really mean for it to go this far." I think that she was thinking, I am just going to, like, get him all the way this there, and I am going to just, like... I don't think she had a clear plan, but I think she her plan was to just, like, get revenge. Yeah, yeah. And I think she was enjoying it all too much, and she liked being with him, and then they got married, and then it was... She still had this moment. I don't really know what went through her mind where she's like, I'm going to pull this prank on. I, I kind of wondered that, too, to be honest with you. It really just felt like well, she didn't know where she was what going. What I also kept wondering was, like, okay, so she does that and he, like, leaves the train and is in the yeah. bed and that's bad. But, but at that point, she definitely regrets it. I think she, I think she, 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 she looks like it. She seems like she was because, over the phone. Yeah. Well, and the, um, the, the, the shot after he's in the mud is her, like, kind of cradling her head and looking, like, ashamed. But... Uh, later when she's like, I just want to meet him and have him, like, say that to my face, I thought, okay, is that, like, when your ultimate revenge comes in? Like, haha! Because it was, because... You were married to me the whole time! The other thing is that, like, her... She, like, tells her dad before she goes off on the honeymoon. She tells her dad's friend or whatever. Won't be like, Right, they like, yeah, like, everything's coming into, like, everything's coming together now. And they're like, what is she gonna do? Is she gonna shoot her? Is she gonna throw off the train? And the answer's like, I I don't know what she was gonna do. She was gonna... Like, let him know that she wasn't pure and virtuous? I guess that's what I mean when I say, like, if if there were, like, less good people doing this, I don't think I would like this movie very much. Because, like, when you do start to pull up those threads, it is sort of like, what was the deal? I mean, I don't think she knew. I think it's... I don't know. I think the writing is pretty tight. I do think that, like, the the length of the movie makes some of it suffer a little bit. Yeah. But, like, I think the general... I agree with that. Uh, the general storyline checks out. I do think that uh, you're supposed to believe that she thinks she's just going to do this stupid revenge thing and then and then decides at some point like she doesn't really want to quit. Uh, but it's kind of hard to back out from that once you've married <sighs> yeah, a guy. I, guess. I, mean, I, just, I just feel like if you hit that point, you then wouldn't go on that whole monologue about sleeping with other men. Like, you would find some other way to do it because it seems like she's trying to, like, push him away in a way that she doesn't... But, like, she doesn't want to push him away because she's upset when he leaves. So it's just, like... Yeah. It's just a little bit at that point, like, I'm not really sure where she's coming from. Yeah. And I guess, like, you have to kind of look at that whole scene with that lens of, like, it's the 40s because uh, it's hard... 
I think you have to really, if you're especially if you're not, like not used to watching like older movies, you have to really understand that like that is a straight up deal breaker. Oh no, and not not Henry yeah. Fonda being just like a massive douchebag about no, it. No, 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 and I, I totally get that. Which is why, like, as you know, as if you were watching it, when she does say that, I'm like, oh, okay, like she's trying to do yeah. something, like she's trying to, trying to like, shove him away. And so like when that doesn't work, she's just like, well, actually, it wasn't just this one guy; it was these thirty other guys and their yeah. cousins and their friends. And then he leaves, and she's like, oh no, I'm sad. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's, I, I think this is a theme in a lot of these movies, it's sort because of, it sort of is a comedy remarriage, sort of. Sort of. Well, <laughs> yeah, and that they never actually get divorced. But then, they, I mean, they don't get divorced, and then he never really, he doesn't figure it out in the runtime. Well, he's, he, he's about to, right? Yeah, I assume that they're alluding to the fact yeah. that he's about to find out. I mean, maybe, but he does say, I don't want to understand it, and you don't have to explain it to me. Yeah, but she's then, she's like, all Right, because he says, like, I'm technically married. She's like, got news for you, buddy. Me too. Yeah, we are, we are, we are both married. <laughs> yeah, and then she shuts the door. So yeah. we assume that she's about to, like, elaborate upon what she meant by that. Yeah. But I think that it's part of the sort of, uh, storytelling, like, moral ethos of the day of, like, like, you should be married. Like, marriage is good and healthy. Yeah, and, like, right. you should stay married. Yeah. So I think it kind of, it kind of flicks into it. As much as Preston Sturgis, you know, was trying to do as, as much as he could with the time. So those are still the morals of the time. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Although I did like your reaction. I can't remember what it was to, but your reaction to some point was like, wow, Preston Sturgis. Oh, what did he say? He says about women. That was like, it was a sort of joke they made about... Oh, uh, oh! So you're, you're barely an idiot at sixteen or something. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Like, wow, man. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I'm sure that they probably said something about like a guy too at age sixteen. Yeah. yeah. But the line was like, a sixteen-year-old girl is like barely an idiot right, or something. Right, right. <laughs> it's also yeah, yeah. I mean, it's also like. On the one hand, I get that he's, like, freaked out by how much sex she's had, but he's, like, mortified that she's had sex once. Well, you're not supposed to. Yeah, no, I mean, that's like they said, you just, you just never did it. You're not I supposed guess. to. Or if you did do it, you, like, you just, you don't tell them, right? Right. I mean, it's your little secret. Right. Yeah. Yeah, people definitely did. Some people, like, he wasn't fooling around when he was up in the Amazon or whatever. No, of course he wasn't. I don't think that's I don't think, yeah. I don't think, yeah. Yeah. No, no, I don't no, think no, it no, ever no. crossed his mind. <laughs> People what, in the 30s to, to like, and 40s definitely fucked before they got married. Yeah. Henry Fonda in this movie did not do it. Yeah. This character yeah. did not fuck. Yeah, I agree. He does not fuck. Nope. Nope, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. Did not fuck. DNF. <laughs> DNF. No, I, I fully believe that he... I fully believe that he would be weird about it, but, um, yeah, people definitely did. You're just not supposed to talk about it. Right. But no, I don't have any much for example. Yeah, I think we covered pretty much all we want to say. It was a good movie. I'm glad we watched it's, it. It's lovely. It's funny. It's fun. It has people we like. It has everything. It has people yeah. we like. It has a great escalating scene of uh, Mr. Pike making a lot of noise. To That's really good. Scene where just like culminates with him like clapping lids together. Yeah. <laughs> From like two like shaking shells. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. He like makes symbols out of like lids. He does that. He's like. Banging stuff, and he picks yeah. up a ladle at some point and just starts whacking at right. something. It's a character. I don't remember the guy's name. He's a character actor. Oh, he had also so was funny. in um, My Man Godfrey. Yeah. Um, he's in a movie I remember called The Gang's All Here. It's um, he, he's he's really fun, and he always plays these sort of like um, like middle class man did well becomes wealthy so like he's very rich but like he still has the sort of like yeah. attitude of like a Downer. lower class yeah yeah like he's he's Salt. very like he's not proper he's very yeah. sort of like grumpy and like well, you can wear a big one yeah I for all I care <laughs> he has a really great voice too yeah uh, on top of everything else I just have to imagine he dies of diabetes like 
the he, second after any given shot. Exactly. He's so unhealthy. He really does look he unhealthy. Two phones sitting on the side of this enormous <laughs> marble like gallery. Yeah. It's a good visual, or like it's a good like joke too, where he like picks up like one ring and he picks up. He's like, oh, it's the wrong one. He goes to the other one. Uh, I also just <laughs> during that whole like not getting the breakfast scene, how many different like maids, butlers, and like service gardeners people just yeah. like wander. Hey, so where's the where are the scissors? <laughs> it was really good. I, just, I like the scene like I, on that same scene where they come to like the sort of servants area where they're prepping everything, and then it's just like everyone's just like in a f- complete fucking tizzy. And like at one point, the fucking name, what is his name, Muggsy and Murgatroyd walks in. <laughs> And he's like, what's with everybody? He's like, I can't do the cake. And one of them smiling. Like, you do this yourself. They're like, what's with everybody? It's like, like, it happens like a, two or three times where like somebody is like innocently walking into the room. Someone else flips their shit at them and they're just like, what the fuck is wrong with everyone? Yeah. Murder's right's good. Murder's right. Preston Sturges does really good. I mean, Scribble Comedy does it well, but he does really good like fast-paced dialogue. Mm. And there's some really good bits in this movie that I can't remember off the top of my head, but like, where th- like land just like really quickly and it's just like it's like it's like rhythmic and it's done well you know which also takes good direction it does I mean if I do have faults with like the overall way the story goes I think the dialogue itself is very snappy so like oh, yeah. it, it's not something that like I didn't really question too much while I was watching it at least so yeah. you know at the very least you're going to be dazzled and entertained by everything happening during the time and I mean, Barbara Stanwyck does like a shit ton of work during that monologue where she's narrating the experiences of oh, these yeah. women that are trying to hit on yeah 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 that's such a great uh, scene Honda. it's yeah. so funny oh, I don't think too. you're going to have to pick that handkerchief up or something yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, oh didn't I see you with it oh I'm sorry did I know oh <laughs> sorry he's a bookworm but you <laughs> keep swinging those things yeah Oh, I guess you don't recognize me as dead. I guess I'm just going to have to walk away then. Yeah. Oh, it's such a good monologue. <laughs> it really was. Um, <sighs> see, it, if you really like the two of them together, it's so hard to find, but The Madness Manton is, for my money, it has a lot... It's definitely to Eve is categorically a better movie, but The Madness Manton appeals to me more. And, um, but you have, it's also, it sounds like it's a different Stanwyck role. It's different. It's definitely, like, she's a little, uh, a little dizzier. He's a little... He gets to be, like, sneaky and conniving. And it's more of like a murder mystery comedy, uh, but it's really good. Yeah, it is. It's fun. I need to see it again. It got, for, got forgotten by time, but I think it's really yeah. fun. Uh, but that's the Lady Eve, anyway. I guess uh, we all recommend go see it. Yeah, go see it, um, for sure. I don't think it's streaming for free anywhere right now, but obviously you can rent it. It is digitally available, which is how I own it. So, you know, it's easy to find it's out there. if you pony up the couple of bucks that will cost you to rent it. Yeah. And I think it's worth it. Yeah, no, definitely it is. It's also coming out, uh, Criterion is releasing it on Blu-ray later this summer, I think, uh, or at some point this year. And uh, that's about it. That's about all I got for this. Uh, we will be back, like I said, two weeks. The commuter, Liam Neeson, he rides a train. <laughs> that's all that happens. Yeah, it's, it's just and he nine minutes the of him. Scenery, yeah. And then they call his station, he gets out, yep. and he goes to He work. goes to Grand Central Terminal, he's like, well, that's my stop. Yeah. He gets off, the end. <laughs> it's, 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 it's all in real time. It's the gritty so it's 2018 the, reboot of the train pulling into the station it's, movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a real time commute. It's, yeah. it's 90 minutes. It's an art film. He's it's great. He's, he's actually it's part of Lumiere Brothers. Classic <laughs> train pulling into the station. station. Yes. <laughs> His entire family's there waiting for him at the end, and they see the train coming in a row. Oh, all right, be back with that in two weeks. www.draftpack.com is our website. Facebook.com slash whywatchpodcast is our Facebook page. And that's about all we got. Bye! Bye.